Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we are right here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. Man, what an action-packed 4th of July weekend. It's Tuesday now, and Kanye West announced that he's running for president. I have decided in 2020 to run for president. Now, some people think he's challenging Trump. Some people think he's not challenging Trump and that he's just doing it to siphon off some of the black vote, kind of like Ross Perot did when he ran against George H.W. Bush, helping Bill Clinton to win election. The jury's out on whether that's true. I tend to believe it is. I do believe that there's a number of people, especially young people, more so than black people. I think young people in particular are going to say, you know what? I like Kanye. He's a little different. He's a creative. He's a visionary. Uh, There's things that uh, I like his rebellious spirit. There's things about him that I can relate to. And I think young people are really going to have an option between Trump and Biden. And he's only going to hurt Biden, not Trump. So I think the Kanye presidential run is definitely a shot in the arm to the Trump campaign. It's a good idea, especially if he gets to debate. Just imagine Kanye West, Trump and Biden. All on stage. It'll be a two-on-one because Kanye will expose Biden for the Confederate that he is, for the Democrat, Dixiecrat sympathizer that he's always been as a segregationist. And then Trump will just finish him off and wipe the floor clean with him. And I've got to say, I think people are going to gravitate to the response to his actions and his statement on Twitter saying, we must now realize the promise of America by trusting God unifying our vision, and building our future. I'm running for president of the United States, is what he wrote on Twitter this 4th of July. (laughs) And interestingly, Elon Musk wrote, you have my full support. So Kanye's already in the race. He's not going to be able to get on the ballot in every state. However, he will be able to get on the ballot in some states as an independent. And he has the social media reach, the clout, and the ability to really set off a write-in campaign in particular because of his recent conversion to Christianity, put him on the road conducting these services and choir presentations every Sunday known as Sunday service. And that's a show that's on the road. So in effect, he's been on tour and he's got fans. He has the support. Again, not a winnable candidate, but definitely enough to put a dent in Biden. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And again, it's not a major dent in Biden. This is a dent in what Biden would have been pulling from the black community of voters. 
And that's already been damaged. Why? Well, because he told Charlemagne the God, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Now, on top of that, Kanye's been rumored to be working with Snoop Dogg. So if he's working with Snoop and Snoop had called him out and called him a, diff- a lot of different things, why? Because of things that he'd said where he supported Trump and Snoop took exception to that. But S- Snoop is back in the studio with him. So all of that tells me Kanye is going to be effective in helping Trump win in 2020. Now, keep it locked right here because I want to get into a few more things, including the senseless killings that happened over the July 4th weekend, what's going on lately with respect to that, the killing of a soldier, Vanessa Guillen, and so much more. So keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, America, welcome back now. Over the weekend, there was a lot of controversy related to killings. There were several killings, very unfortunate killings. I mean, I can't even give out any numbers anymore because every time I look at these numbers, they keep going up. But New York City was an absolute bloodbath. People were getting killed. Matter of fact, one guy was crossing the street holding his six-year-old daughter's hand. Little girl with pigtails. This happened in broad daylight. A blacked-out Honda Accord pulled up next to him, allowed him to cross. And as they got to the other side of the street, to the corner... A passenger in that car just pulls out a handgun and starts blasting this guy, and he died. His daughter ran away in fear. It was a horrific video. That's what's going on in New York, and the same thing is happening in Chicago. The same thing is happening in Ohio. The same thing is happening in Atlanta. It's so bad in Atlanta that another shooting occurred, and one of the bullets hit a child, a seven-year-old girl, Sequoria Turner. The day before in Chicago, an eight-year-old girl. Natalia Wallace. In total, five children under the age of 10, I think six children now, I keep getting updates, six children under the age of 10 were murdered in gang violence, street violence, people shooting each other. And the wise guy in me wants to say it wasn't the white supremacists that did it. But this, this is not about being provocative. It's not about being a wise guy. This is about children. I have children. So this hits home for me. This isn't something we can allow. Nobody that is of of good conscience should allow this. You go to Newark, New Jersey, these gangbangers kill each other all the time. They're not about killing kids. But lawlessness is on the rise. People are becoming more and more reckless. Why? Because people are trying to abolish the police. The police are becoming discouraged. They've become emasculated in many ways. The mayors are preventing them from doing their jobs. There's outright hate, contempt, disrespect for the boys in blue. Now, you guys know I always back the blue in all situations that are fair. I believe 99% of the police are good people doing the right thing. But this is out of control. So Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms held a press conference and she literally said, enough is enough. Check this out. Because the reality is this. These aren't police officers shooting 
people on the streets of Atlanta. These are members of the community shooting each other. And in this case, it is the worst possible outcome. There were two other people who were actually shot and killed last night and several others. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. So she's literally calling out the community. She's saying that these aren't white cops doing it in so many words. She's calling them out. And I have to give her credit. Kudos to her for having the gumption to step it up and say, you know what? Enough is enough. This is bull. She should have said it a long time ago, but she took her time and she's here now. Little kids are dead because she and she, I have to be honest, I think she's been the most reasonable Democrat mayor I've heard in the last few months, but little kids dying unacceptable honestly anybody dying is unacceptable unacceptable and because we've allowed that to go on during the george floyd protests and it seemed like his death was the only one that mattered everybody else's didn't matter all the other black lives that died as the result looting as the excuse me as the result of looting as the result of murder and homicide that happened as a result of those riots just were inconsequential turn a blind eye And now little kids are dying. This can't be. We just can't have a society where this is the case. In D.C., Washington, D.C., the Ayala family had a loss, an 11-year-old boy. The grandfather of this boy happens to be one of uh, my good friend, Curtis Sliwa, one of my um, colleagues here at WABC Radio who runs the Guardian Angels. He's a leader in the Guardian Angels group for Washington, D.C., and he put it very, very authentically when he said this. Everybody just saying they're just tired, tired of the shootings in the community. Everybody's running around here thinking they're oozy-toting, dope-sucking, psychopathic killer machines, and they're just destroying lives. But we're protesting for months, uh, for weeks, saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter, it seems like only when a police officer shoot a black person. What about all the black-on-black crime that's happening in the community? Just two years ago, we had Micaiah Wilson. He's 100% right. I, I, A, my condolences, and B, this can't go on. The killings have to stop. The cops have to be allowed to do their job. Otherwise, we're screwed. And this is why in Atlanta, or I should say Georgia overall, Governor Brian Kemp is bringing in the National Guard to protect the state house, to protect his governor's mansion because he's a target. They want to go after him because he supports the police. It's about time somebody's taken that step and hopefully other governors will follow suit and show people that with every action, there's a reaction and there are consequences to things that we do that are wrong. We can't allow the lawlessness to continue and we can't applaud it and tell people it's okay. This morning I was looking at Instagram, great page by the way, at Real Lexit, the Lexit movement, check them out. They have the best uh, video content. I shared it on my story at Rich Valdez on Instagram if you want to check it out. The story that I saw was a video of protesters, which I'm going to assume were Black Lives Matter because they were holding signs that kind of indicated as such, but they were literally attacking people, shouting at them, getting in their face with bullhorns that were entering a church. A mom comes into the church with her kids and this guy freaks out and starts screaming, save those kids. How are you going to bring them into a church? How are you going to do that? I saw a video before that where they were inside the church and they were just screaming Black Lives Matter with their fists in the air and the inside of the church. I'm not sure if the service was on or not, but the cops were there trying to clear them out. Everybody has a right to free speech and peaceably assembling to give their message. But what these guys are doing 
is borderline intimidation, or I should say borderline terrorism and straight up intimidation. They are scaring people into compliance. They are bullying people. They are acting as a mob. And that has to stop because eventually people are going to say, wow, my, my police department doesn't have my back. My local elected officials don't have my back. What am I going to do? This happened in New York City, and people keep talking about it during the 70s and the early 80s. I was a kid, and I remember this stuff. Wall-to-wall coverage of Bernard Goetz. And nobody knows that Bernard Goetz case better than Curtis Sliwa, who was patrolling the trains at the time with his group, again, the Guardian Angels. And I bring them up because if, if you haven't looked into them, you should. It was them in large part that set off this catalyst to take New York back. And it took Bernard Goetz shooting a few people on the on the subway when they tried to go after him to really raise this conversation to the level of consciousness that it deserved. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Today, the media does such a great job covering for the bad guys. So the only way you're going to get to the truth is through so many independent citizens that are going to share their story. I'm not going to call them citizen journalists, but I will say the camera doesn't lie. Right? It's the uh, old idea of cinema verite. The videos speak for themselves. And when you see these videos of people just behaving anarchistically against the government, against peace, against law and order, intimidating people, promoting violence, shouting at people, throwing things. The only response that they're going to get that they're going to adhere to or heed to is similar violence, if not more. Now, that's not something I'm calling for. That's just something I think is going to happen. Now, keep it locked right there. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple of things that are also being killed right now through this crazy movement to pretty much kill everything that is good and holy. Don't move a muscle. I'll be right back. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. The left is trying to kill so many things. They call it cancel culture. I'm going to call it killing culture because they're promoting violence. They're promoting death in so many ways. They really, really are. They're trying to destroy. They're trying to kill the culture of this country, the soul of America. They want to see it dead. And we can't allow that. But people get frustrated and they always tell me, what is it that I can do? And another video I was watching... This morning, very fascinating video to me because communist Cuba, you can get in trouble for speaking up, for having a political voice. There is no free speech. But I saw a video of several women that organized something. People always tell me, what can I do? What can I do? I think to myself, the people in Cuba, communist Cuba, they don't ask what they can do when they're faced with tyranny. They know exactly what to do. The people in Venezuela are buying guns right now in Colombia. Why? Because they can get them there because they're outlawed in Venezuela. So what do they do? They smuggle them back into Venezuela. They know exactly what to do to help their opposition leader, Juan Guaido. Now, again, I'm not advocating violence. Neither are they. I think this is more for protection because their government is tyrannical. But here in the United States, the best country that God's ever created, where we have the freedoms and the liberties to do so many things, all of a sudden I talk to people and they're like, what can we do? What can I do, Rich? What can we do? Come on. You've got to be kidding me. If a group of women in Cuba, oh, let me describe the video. A group of women in Cuba got together 
they all decided to wear white in solidarity to oppose oppression, the oppression from their government. And they went out, I don't know if it was a house, a church or whatever, they all wear white and they put their fist in the air, both hands in the air, they made noise and they were waving their hands and they were shouting libertad, liberty. It almost sounded like the chant that was coming from the guys in the prison yard, if you've ever seen the movie Scarface, when they're shouting, libertad, libertad. And they got this chant going and they're talking about, are we going to let them destroy our spirit? No. Are we going to say no to the oppressive political police? No. And it's all in Spanish. But what's so unique is that they're all women and some teenagers and younger kids. And I thought to myself, wow, these people know in doing that, not maybe, they know that if a cop comes by, they can be arrested in prison. They could end up dead. That's how they roll in Cuba. Political prisoners are not a new thing, but they did it. They put it all on the line. Why? Because they believe in liberty. Yet here in America, everybody wants someone else to do the work for them instead of doing it for themselves. Now, I'm not trying to chastise anybody or fault anybody. I'm trying to create perspective. And I hate to use myself as an example because then it appears to be self-aggrandizing and it's really not. To talk about me having a job that once where I made decent money and risking it all to get into a new industry using my background in politics, I'm not trying to make myself out to be a martyr. But I will say I've had to go from eating steak to eating the cheap hot dogs and in many cases feeding those to my kids instead of the steak that they might have been used to. Because I believe in liberty, I believe in America, I believe in this cause and I believe in you, we the people. But if a couple of dozen Cuban women can get together wearing white and chant in unison that they believe in liberty and grow, as they were doing it, more kept joining them. Then some neighbors came out to kind of tell them, hey, don't bring that mess over here because you know the cops are going to come and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And they were like, no, we're not going to bow down and, and cow in the face of tyranny. And this is truly what it's about. This is truly what started our own country. People want to say, oh, but the white men and the European white men, they did this and they did that. Listen, that's who they were. They were the European white men. They didn't like King George. They felt that his taxation was oppressive. They wanted to keep more of their own money. I may not be a European white man, but I'll tell you what, I don't want the government taking my money and I doubt that you do too. So guess what? We all need to stand in solidarity. And it's great to be on, on Twitter or on the radio or on a podcast or on YouTube do it all. All of us should do it all. We all need to reach more people and, and teach more people so that we can keep the country. Reach, teach, and keep. That's how we keep America. That's how we save America. On Sunday, I went to lunch with my daughters. I have two teenage daughters. We had a great time. We went to a Colombian restaurant in Bergen County, New Jersey, Noches de Colombia. Big shout out to Noches. I like the one in South Hackensack. I actually went to the one in Hackensack on Main Street and was so disappointed. So don't go to that one. Go to anyone but that one. Moving along. After we had our, our lunch and the food was terrific, the service was just wasn't grand, I dropped off my older daughter at her job 
As my 14-year-old daughter and I were driving back, that was on like a tripod, and he had like a pop-up podium and a microphone in his hand and a towel in the other, and he was wiping the sweat off his brow, and this young dude was preaching. He was a street preacher on Kinder Kamak Road in Bergen County. If you know the area, great. You'll figure out that it's not extremely commercial. He was in a commercial area, but it's very residential and there's not a lot of people that stop and look. There's not like walking traffic, but he didn't care. He was there preaching and it worked. Caught my ear. I pulled over. I listened to his sermon. It was really good. He tied it in with both biblical principles as well as practical principles from current events. The coronavirus, people putting their faith in government instead of putting their faith in God, and so much more. But the point that stood out to me and what I wanted my kid to see was that that guy didn't care if a single person was listening. He made it his business to make sure that he kept talking and kept talking and doing what he had to do. Why? Very simple. He has a mission. He knew he had to accomplish his mission, so he did it, and he executed it faithfully. Audience or no audience, he did what he had to do just like these women in Cuba. They did not care if the police were going to come by. They didn't care if their neighbors were going to be Karens and call the cops and say, hey, you've got a little uprising going on over here, so you better come and extinguish it. Some people want to get on the good side of the cops. They have rats all over, snitches. So the admonition I want to leave with you is you've got to take the risk. For me, it was a financial one. And knowing that once you put your opinions out there on Twitter, on Facebook, on talk radio, on a podcast, whatever it is, you can kiss any future career goodbye. People are not going to want to hire you when you have such public positions, especially if they're not consistent with the mainstream. I'm sure if I said, you know what, black lives matter, the white man is oppressive, there's systemic racism in everything we do, and America's a horrible place, they might consider me (laughs) for a job at CNN. Not that I want one, but my point is those days are over for me. I'm out of the conservative closet. I'm a conservative. I believe in liberty. Everybody knows it and I don't shy away from it. I'm trying to get others to do it too. So what I want to leave you with is to take that approach. Be the Cuban woman. Be the black dude that was on Kinder Kamak Road preaching in the street, whether he had people in the pews or not. Do what you got to do, whatever it is you do, whether it's writing, whether it's talking, whether it's constructing signs, making the signs, creating the graphics, making clothing, making hats, making t-shirts, making masks, whatever. Erecting statues, protecting statues. As you heard on the last episode of This Is America, that was what a lot of activists here in New York were doing with the Teddy Roosevelt statue. There's always a way to get involved. And now more than ever, this goes way beyond the ballot box. Your vote is critical, but your service is required beyond the ballot box. I don't mean grab your shotgun and go kill people. Hell no. They come at you, that's a different story. I'm talking about taking back our country, getting a job where it matters, get into the media, get into the government. Don't use the excuse that you're too old or you don't know or you didn't go to school. This is a perpetual thing. It's taken the left 50 years to get to where they are today. We can't compete if we don't fight. We must be in the ring so that we can swing. You can't swing. You can't take a shot if you're not in the ring. So you got to get in the fight. And this battle is happening. I've said this before. The front lines of this battle are happening in the classroom, in the newsroom, and in the offices of our government at every level. Your local township, your city, your state, federal. That stuff isn't for everybody. But there's a lot of people who could get involved in that. There's a lot of people that can make an effort to get involved in that. 
There's a lot of people who people don't know who you are. They don't know your opinions. You still have a shot to get into your government and create change from the inside. You still have a shot at getting into a newsroom so that you can do the right thing as it pertains to your work. You still have an opportunity to train future generations, to mentor future patriots. All of that is an option, but it starts with you. It doesn't start with putting it on a TV host, a radio host, an elected official, a current party leader. It literally starts with you in your home, with your family, with your neighbors, with your friends. If you lose your friends, find new ones. But we can't sit here in America and say, what can I do? Put our hands up in defeat. What can I do? Every time you ask yourself what you can do and you've got your hands up in defeat, remember the Cuban woman. Remember the black street preacher. Remember the leftist that's burning down police stations. They know what they can do. What is it that you can do? That's all I got. Hasta la próxima, America. Until the next time, stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for absolutely anything. That's Hamilton. And by the way, now Hamilton's under attack. And we'll talk about that next time. And of course, the wise words of Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something, read something, say something, talk to someone, create something, make a difference. Let's get Trump reelected. Let's take America back. One institution at a time, one classroom at a time, one government at a time, one newsroom at a time, one radio station at a time, one podcast at a time. And let that start right now. I'm Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. 